Welcome to Green Beans, where two boys dressed in green sit on beans and chat about life. I am your host, Jared, and with me is my co-host and brother, Ethan. Yo! And, can you believe it? It is episode 10. We've been doing this for 10 years now. 10 years! (laughs) It's our 10th annual episode. No, uh... But that means we've been doing it for 10 weeks. Yeah, new episode every week. That's kind of crazy. It's gone by very fast. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, it's the summer's almost over. I like my school year starts at the uh, both of our school years start at the end of this month. And we've been doing the podcast since the end of my last school year. That just shows how short summer vacation really is. Yeah. But um, something that we should probably say is that next week, we most likely will not have an episode because as we've talked about on previous episodes, we are staff members at National Youth Leadership Training and that camp is next week. So we will be there all week and unfortunately we won't be able to record an episode. We might have a little treat for you, though, instead. Yeah, we might be able to post something, but we won't have a typical episode next week, so... Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> yeah. But I guess we can jump into today's episode, so... Yeah. Tell me, Ethan, what, what's been going on in your life? So, you like jazz? <laughs> I do love jazz. So, I have been a part of a jazz band... Um, that was a part of my high school. It, it's kind of like an uh, an alumni jazz band. Yeah. So our, so Ethan and I were both in my high school's jazz band when we were students. I'm still a student there, but Ethan's graduated. But our band director for our high school is having an alumni jazz band where he's having a bunch of people that were in the jazz band that have graduated within the past few years all come back and play in a band together. Yeah, and basically he's doing that because he feels bad that the se- the seniors that graduated 2020 didn't really get to do band their final year. Yeah, and even... For the, we did it for the first half, but the second half not really. Yeah, and even the seniors of 2021 still, like, Didn't only really got a it. single concert their senior year. So. Yeah, so he felt bad, so he wanted to bring some of them back so we could at least do a performance. And he there's also uh, some older alumni as well, a part of it. So we've been uh, rehearsing for about three weeks now, and our concert is on Friday, which uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. You'll be listening to this on Monday. So, my concert is on Friday, and I am super hyped for it. Yeah, I'm excited, too, because um, it's not very often that I get to go to band concerts as an audience member, because, you know, I'm always in the band performing, so yeah, I- I'm yeah. very much looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be outside, uh, so it is a bit weather-dependent, but the weather looks... Like, it's going to be sunny, so that's going to be great. And it's also a fundraiser, too, uh, for, what is it, Uh, for the music program at the high school, I believe. It's a fundraiser, so not only do we get to have fun playing music, but we're also raising money for 
music program at the high school, so I am really glad to be a part of that. Although it is kind of um, difficult because we only get three weeks to practice twice a week. Yeah. And so I've only had five rehearsals so far. Yeah. Which I is mean, not that many. At least in the actual high school bands, we practice our songs for like months before we have a concert. So hopefully the uh, alumni are more prepared than the high school students would be. Well, we're just really, really good. Of course. We're fantastic. Yeah, because also like jazz band at our school is an auditioned ensemble. So you can't just decide, oh, I'm going to go be in the jazz band and then join. You have to audition and um, get accepted into it. So everybody who will be coming to this concert and performing is going to be like, it might have, I don't know how long it's been since people have played their instruments, but I feel like most people are probably at least keeping up with them since yeah, they graduated. Most, most of the people that have decided to do this have been playing over the years. Um, yeah. There are a few that are a little bit rusty, but they got right into it. Yeah, nice but and easy. we know that everybody there at least has to be good because they were in the jazz band when they were in high school. So That's true, yeah. But yeah, I'm super hyped for it. I'm and I really hope you enjoy the concert, Jared. Yeah, I am very looking. I am excited for it. So. I'm very looking forward. Yeah, well, I started saying <laughs> that. Then I realized, wait, that's not words. That's no that, word. No word, right? Hum, huba. So, yeah, and then I guess uh, also something that we did uh, in the past week is we had a family reunion. Yeah, and this was the big fit, like huge family reunion with not just with cousins but with second cousins and uh lots of grandparents yeah and aunts and uncles i've never met before yeah there were i don't remember exactly i feel like there i want to say there were like 40 maybe even 50 people there and that wasn't even everyone some people didn't show up some people weren't able to make it so yeah it was pretty cool because you know, we see our immediate family, like our first cousins, like quite often. I mean, at least once or twice a year, usually. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were second cousins there, which, man, dude, the way that family like works with second cousins and then like being like once removed and then like great uncle, like it gets confusing. Yeah, yeah. We spent. Like all, uh, a lot of the cousins got together, and we on a paper plate. Yeah, we're trying to write out how we're all. We related. we tried to make like a family tree so we could try to figure out how everybody was related. Yeah, it took at least an hour, if not more, to figure that out. It was very confusing. Yeah, but from my understanding, this is how it works. So, if you're first cousins, that means you share a grandparent, which yes. means that your parents are siblings yeah if you're second cousins that means you share a great grandparent which means that your grandparents are siblings and your parents are cousins that makes sense yeah so if your dad has a cousin and that cousin has a kid you and that kid are second cousins were there any third cousins I don't think so, because I think if two second cousins have children, then their children are third cousins, because I believe if second cousins are 
you share a great grandparent. Then third cousins are you share a great great grandparent, which means your great grandparents are siblings. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's go with yeah. It. Which means your great grandparents are siblings. Which means your grandparents are cousins, and your parents are second cousins, right? Or wait. S- second wait. Your There's... parents aren't related. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> wait, no, your pa- your parents in relation to the kids of the cousins. What? <laughs> Man. <laughs> Yeah, see, this is what the conversation was when we were all trying to figure out. We are like, huh? What's going on? Yeah. Dude, family is whack. But, yeah, it was kind of cool because at our family reunion, we saw some of our second cousins. And some of them, we I guess we had seen at another family reunion that, was, that, like was, that was eight like, or nine years ago. That was a long time ago, yeah. So, I didn't remember it really that much. And so... It was kind of like I was meeting these people for the first time. And then there were other second cousins there that I'm pretty sure I had never met before. So it was, like, actually my first time meeting them. Yeah. I mean, obviously the cousins that are younger you have ne- never met before yeah, yeah. because, you know, if they're five, they weren't at the last reunion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were some that were our age that we've never met before. Yeah. But it it was it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun at that reunion, and I I honestly wish it could have been longer because it was just like a weekend. Um, but yeah, yeah, I got to know some people that I guess I'm related to <laughs> pretty well, and we had a lot of fun playing like board games and we played volleyball, and we played Nukem. If you don't know what Nukem is, it's like volleyball but better. Yeah, yeah. So the way Nukem works is it's like pretty much the same like. What's what's a where do you play volleyball? Volleyball court? Is that what it's called? Maybe. I don't think it's a field. Why would it be a field? You got you just set up a net and that's it. Well, yeah, but there's like boundaries. Let's call it a court. Okay, so it's like the same net and volleyball court that you would have for a normal volleyball game, but in volleyball, you you can't like catch the ball. You have to you you like hit it. it. You have to bounce it. Um but with Nukem, the way it works is when the ball goes over, somebody on the your team has to catch it. And then if somebody on your team catches the ball, then they then throw it over to the other side of the net. And then somebody on the other t- side has to catch it. But then the way it works is unlike volleyball, where's the, where there's points, in Nukem, people get out of the game. So mm-hmm. if the ball hits the ground, then whoever was closest to the ball when it hit the ground is then out. Or if somebody touched it and then it hit the ground, like they failed to catch it, then that person would be out, even if other people were closer. Yeah. But, yeah. So, pretty much, you just throw the ball back and forth over the net until it hits the ground, and then whoever's closest is out. But then it, it gets pretty funny, like, when, as the game goes on, because sometimes there will be, like, one person left on one side and then five people left on the other side. And Yeah. yeah. And there's a, a lot of we made up some rules too when we were playing. Like we had a revive system where if you like caught it one-handed, then you could revive someone or something. Yeah, you could bring another teammate who got out back onto your team. But it was, it's a, definitely a more kid-friendly sport. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because there were there were quite a few like younger kids, like from the ages of, I don't know, maybe like six to like ten. 
Like yeah. there were there were some younger kids because most of the people playing were like teenagers or late teens. Um, but there were also some like younger kids there. And when we were we started out just playing normal volleyball, and it it wasn't really working very well. Like it because everyone sucked. Well, yeah, everybody was bad at it. But then also like the younger kids were so short compared to all of the teenagers that when the ball would go over, somebody else would hit it before they even got a chance because they were too short. Whereas in Newcomb, normally, like, and also hitting the ball is quite difficult. And so even if they were short and they were able to hit it, then they usually wouldn't go high enough to get over the net. Yeah. But luckily with Newcomb, all they had to do was catch it. And then, like, definitely some little kids were able to catch it, which was a lot more fun. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's move on to something new that you received. Yeah, so, uh, I, for a while, have had a uh, 3D printer, and I I don't remember when I got it. It must have been a couple years ago I got a 3D printer, and it, I've had a lot of fun with using it. I've got to print lots of really cool things, and it's been a great, just tool and sort of like a it's not a toy but like come on it's kind of a toy (laughs) it's been a great thing to have but unfortunately my 3d printer broke uh i don't know maybe a month or two ago um and now i can't print anything with it so i decided that we were our family decided that we would get a new 3d printer but i wanted to get a different kind of 3d printer i wanted to get a resin printer so the, when you th- when a person hears the word 3D printer or the words 3D printer, um, I mean, I, I'm not in your brain, but I assume the thing that comes to your mind is a filament printer, which is where you have like a spool of plastic filament and then you load it into the printer and then the printer like heats it up and then like into melts it and then squirts it out of an extruder and then builds up whatever you want to make. Mm-hmm. But the way a resin printer works is you have a like a vat that you it's sort of like a little pool that you fill with this liquid called resin and you fill the vat up with liquid resin and then the uh there's a uv light underneath and when resin is exposed to uv it solidifies and it cures and hardens so then the way the resin printer works is it shines up that uv light in the form of different uh layers to build up the um print and I wanted a resin printer because most of the time what I used my 3D printer for is printing things for Dungeons and Dragons. Like I've talked about before, I'm a big Dungeons and Dragons fan. I play lots of D&D. Mm-hmm. And in D&D, a lot of the time it's fun to use little like miniatures of various monsters or characters. And it's, it's not required by any means. You can definitely play D&D without miniatures. But I, I personally think it makes it more fun. And so... Resin printers are able to get incredibly detailed prints. Like, you can print something really, really small and little, and it can have, like, really insane details. Whereas with a filament printer, like, once you're printing stuff that small, there's only so... It can only be so detailed. Yeah, because when the filament comes out, it's a certain size, right? Yeah, and you can, like, adjust the, like, layer heights, but it can only go so small. And when if you see a 3D print that was made with a filament printer you can see the layer lines like you you can tell that it was 3d printed whereas with a resin printer the uh 
way the the like standard layer height that my resin printer is printing with is one twentieth of a millimeter is the size of one layer. That is very small. Yeah, and so the way it like builds up a print is it, it does it by layers. Oh, so one layer on top of another layer, and it just stacks layers on top of each other until you have a model. But each layer is only one twentieth of a millimeter tall, which means 20 layers is just one millimeter, which quite small. Yeah. So you can get insanely detailed prints because you can't even tell that there's layer lines. And especially with uh, when I'm with the stuff that I, the miniatures I print for D&D, then I usually also paint them. And once I like put some primer on there and paint them, like you can't even tell that they were 3D printed. It just looks like a little plastic model. Now, I realized that because the layers are so small that it's more detailed. Is it also more detailed because just the way that it's printed, it's not like mechanically printed out. It's with UV light and, you know, I, I, I don't, would that be considered chemically, physically? Like uh, it, it might be chemically. I'm not sure. But, well, yeah, it's. I don't understand what you're asking. Would it is would that be a factor into why that is it makes it more detailed because it's not necessarily going over it mechanically. It's because it's well, I mean, yeah, I guess um, cuz yeah, I guess. <laughs> okay. I don't know what else to add to that. Dumb question, my bad. So anything you want to talk about cuz I have something I'd like to talk about. Something that's not 3D printer related? Something that's not 3D printed. Oh, okay. I was going to ask you what your favorite print was. Oh, my favorite print? Okay. We, yeah, we can we can stay here for a little bit. So uh, I've been printing... Uh, since we just got our 3D printer like last week, the new resin one. And I uh, have been printing lots of models for our upcoming D&D sessions. And so far, I uh, printed... Uh, everybody's character models. So everybody like on a website called Hero Forge made their own custom miniatures for the characters that they're playing. And I printed those out. And those are my favorite things so far because it's just like so cool how you all customized your uh, miniatures and to just whatever you wanted. Like you're playing a Dragonborn Ranger. Like that's your character in our D&D campaign. And you like went into the website and like made him look super cool and gave him outfit and weapons. And he looks like this sick dragon. And, like, now we have that physical thing. And it's, I don't know, it's just mind-blowing how it can go from that thing on the computer to having that exactly what you designed right in my hand. Yeah, yeah, that is, because I've only, you showed me my miniature, and I'm very impressed with it. But you also made, um as a test, you made, like, this rook. Yeah, yeah. Um, that ch Like, the chest piece, the rook. Um, but it wasn't just, like, a regular rook. It was hollow with like a spiral and um so you could see inside of it and it had like a little double helix like a yeah DNA yeah that's so middle. that was really cool yeah so with filament printers there's this model called a benchy which is this like little boat model and it has these like special like overhangs and like divots in places and it's pretty much when you get a new 3D printer or a filament one the first thing you should print is a benchy cuz that's a really good way to test how your printer's how your printer is set up uh, because it has a lot of various things that can be difficult to print so 
if you you can tell where things went wrong or if it prints perfectly then you can say okay this printer is really good and set up correctly uh, and it's just a good test print and so resin printers have their own version of that which is I, I don't know what it's called it's just this like chess rook but it's like all spirally and it has some intricate designs in it and so yeah I printed two of those rooks and they came out really really cool and like you said they have this like really thin like double helix spiral in the middle and it looks really sick yeah and I know with filament printers you can print things in multiple colors you can't do that with resin printers can you uh no not really uh, i mean if with filament printers if you do want to you do a multicolored print you need to have like a dual extruder printer or you can just like pause the print halfway through and then change the filament and then continue but with resin printers no you can't really do that because once you have the liquid in there, like, that's the liquid you're going to be using. Yeah, I know there are some, like, dyes that you can use to color resin. Uh, so if I, like, wanted... I mean, since I'm painting most of the things I'm printing right now, it doesn't matter what color they print in because I'm going to paint over it. But if you weren't going to paint things and say you were printing a model and you wanted it to be blue, you could take, like, white resin and then add, like, special blue dyes to it to make it blue resin then. Food coloring. Uh, I don't know if food coloring is, like, <laughs> safe for a resin printer, but the, the, I'm pretty sure there are, like, dyes that people make that are specific for resin. And then there are also just, like, different kinds of resin. Like, you can get resin that's completely, like, clear and transparent, or you can... Oh, get... that would be cool. Yeah, those those can look pretty cool. Uh, and I, I've seen, like, sometimes in various, like, D&D campaigns, people will... If, like, a character knows an invisibility spell or something like that, then they'll have, like, one mini, their, like, normal character painted mini, but then they'll also have another one that's the exact same model for the miniature for the character, but it's printed in completely clear see-through resin. So that way, if, like, a character is uses, like, their invisibility spell to turn invisible, then th you can, like, switch out the miniature that they're using to, like, the clear one. So you can still, like, see them, but it's just a cooler representation. That is really cool. Yeah, and they also make other kinds of resin. Like a pretty common one is like this, like green translucent resin. But the kind that I have is just like solid gray. Solid gray, yeah. I've, that's a good medium to paint over, though. I yeah, like. yeah. And I have before I like paint the miniatures, I like do the spray paint primer on them, and that is also gray. So even if I had resin that wasn't gray, they would be gray before I printed them okay. or before I painted them. I mean, yeah. So, now I think we should talk about pasta. Pa oh my goodness. Pasta. But not just any pasta. The I'm top ten pasta. We're talking about the top ten best pastas. So, here. Jared, mm -hmm. think about your, not number one pasta, but your number ten pasta. My number ten pasta. Yeah, think about it. Think about it real good. Real nicely. Okay. Um, all right. You got it? I got mine. Yeah, I got mine. All right. Do you want to say it first? Okay. No, you go. Cavatappi. Cavatappi? That's, uh, that's number 10 for you? Yeah. Explain. Well, because there are a lot of pastas out there, and I like many other pastas more than Cavatappi. Okay. Although, I do... Now, here's the thing. Most pastas, I like. And Cavatappi's good. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But 
I just like so many other pastas more. Understandable. I mean, I, I'm going to have to strong disagree with you on that one. I personally love Kavatapi. I love Kavatapi. My number 10, I'm going to put Tortellini. Tortellini? Oh, oh. I know you're a big fan of Tortellini, but. That was was like a punch to the face, man. Oh, my goodness. Tortellini is fantastic. I'm sorry. I'm just, I don't dislike Tortellini, but it's just, it's not it for me. It's it's just, it's all right. But, but. You can say tortellini like tortellini. That's true, but you could, you could say the other ones like cavatappi. No, you can't beat tortellini, though. Tortellini. Yes. You got to bake the tortellini. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> All right. That's number 10 pasta. That's our number 10 pasta. This <laughs> we is going to yeah. number nine. Are we, uh, okay, here's the thing. Are we going to make this a 10-part series, or are we just gonna i think do we, all of them this episode we we should make it a 10-part series <laughs> Stay so tuned for so the next right nine. now you're getting our number 10 our 10th favorite type of pasta but if you stay tuned to this podcast for long enough eventually you'll get we'll get to number one you'll find out our favorite i wonder pasta. i wonder if we should do a vote like which would be number 10 kevin tappy or tortellini mm, maybe maybe i think uh i don't know tortellini's my number 10 man I'm Cavatappi's my number 10. All right. Well, I hope we agree on our number one, though. I hope so. I don't know. There's a lot out there. I we like. we got to wait to find out because top 10 pasta is going to come back in future episodes. But that was our quick little top 10 pasta segment. So do you want to maybe hit us up with a little bit of a dinosaur fact? No. No? Yeah, of course. Of course I do. I... I'll gladly hit you up with Ethan's fantastic fossil facts. All right. Did you know the Therizinosaurus means scythe lizard? And it is named after the three foot claws it has on his hands. Oh. Three feet long. That's long. That is the longest claw any animal has ever had. In history, that's like really big. Was how big was the what? Would you say Therizinosaurus? Therizinosaurus. How big was that dinosaur? He was a big chungus. Okay, but like how big? Uh, let's see. Like smaller than T Rex? T Rex size? Uh, smaller than T Rex, but not by much. Okay, okay. He he was bipedal, so he stood on two legs. And we'll have an image up for you uh, on the YouTube version. But if I had to describe it in words, he was like a, he had odd proportions. He had a long neck and like a beak. Huh. And he had a fat belly <laughs> and a short tail. And he stood on two legs and he had these massive, massive claws. Huh. And they weren't used for hunting. Because Therizinosaurus was a vegetarian. Yeah, the, I guessed that when you said they have a beak. Because when you said they had like long claws, I was thinking that they probably were really good at like fighting other dinos or like fighting food. No, but... no. It is believed that the Therizinosaurus used their claws for removing vegetation from, you know, trees and huh. stuff like that. Like a machete. Machete, yeah. It's chopping down trees. That's cool. 
they might have used them for self-defense too. We don't know. We don't know. But yeah, that's my fabulous fossil fact. Or was it fantastic? I don't remember. I don't remember what you said. It was fantastic and fabulous. Beautiful, beautiful. But yeah, um, we got a little bit of time left. Unless if you want a short episode. Um, I mean, we could wrap it up now. This will be one of our shorter episodes, but that's okay. Because, yeah. Alright, well, a uh, little bit of a shorter episode this uh, time, but that's alright. Sometimes they push us into like 45 minutes. Sometimes they're only going to be half an hour, you know? You never know. Un- except if you look at the amount of time. Un- yeah, you never know <laughs> unless you look at the timestamp that's on every episode. Yep. So, yeah, that brings us to the end of today's episode. We had a good talk about uh, family and what, how, why family. And uh, Although, that's kind of a callback to uh, our last episode when you talked about Fast and Furious. Oh, that's true. That's true. Because he loves family. But, uh, yeah, we talked about my new resin printer. Uh, maybe I'll have more updates on how that things are going with that in the future. And then another reminder that there's going to be no episode next week, most likely. So, yeah. Anything you want to add before we wrap up? YouTube channel, That Etan Guy. Check it out. Please. I beg you. <laughs> Do it. All right. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys at another point in time. (laughs) Bye-bye.